When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilders Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscal, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort? <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, oh, what's up? We need to sign a petition to bring back Mike Muscala. I... I think we have to. <sighs> I agree. I totally agree. We actually have a question about that. We're going to do a little mailbag Monday. I had an. I, we we are going to do a special podcast coming up soon. I thought it was going to be today, but it ended up being another time. So if you saw this uh, YouTube thumbnail that I made for earlier today, a uh, little teaser. We're going to have a shooting coach come on and talk to us about all of the Thunder player shots and just kind of break them down. And so. Very, very excited for that. So maybe Wednesday, maybe a special podcast. Uh, I don't, I don't know who or when it's going to be, but it's going to be great. I know it's going to be really good content. So be on the lookout for that. So we do have a Muscala question. It comes from Midnight Ross, and he wants to know: assuming that we keep and sign our pick this year, who do we waive or trade to make a spot for Mike Muscala? Now, this is a this is a dream scenario of sorts for you, Michele, to have both Chet and Mike Muscala on this team. And like, that's your center rotation. It's just those two. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I, I don't care who. I can, we, we, can, we can cut whoever to make... Well, not whoever. Well, I mean, you got to tell me. You got to tell me who is it going to be. <clears throat> so, let's... Let's see. It's probably JRE. Mm. I I think that. Um, I mean, I'm. I know that it sounds early, but if if they, which which is why they won't be bring him back because I don't think that they will cut JRE. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think that they will cut Rayman. Um, he's more likely to be traded somewhere. I can see that. With Jerry, I don't see many locations. Where say, oh, hey, let's 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 give uh, OKC a second rounder for Jerry. No, doesn't doesn't seem like a guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you do um, a trade where you send out Jerry, but you bring back a player with more salary, then yeah, yeah, uh, you can even get assets for that. And OKC has the ability to do to do that if they if they like. But but this doesn't solve the problem of uh, having. Uh, a roster spot open so i think that um the guy who i target for this is jerry yeah what about lindy no 
No, I think that I would I would keep Lindy okay. and Wiggins. No, I I don't think that we should give up shooting. Um, I think that you can you can have a night where you bring Lindy in the game because he's dressed up and he scores three threes and you win a game. With Jerry, I mean, I I think that he needs a different kind of path. I mean, Lindy, you can he can play thirty games in a year and be effective in fifteen of those. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Jerry is the same. Mm-hmm. He needs he needs a role. He needs to play in, um, with minutes, and and I think that those minutes minutes are for Jay Will. Yeah, I agree. I think that there may come a point where you have to choose between the two just because they're both undersized bigs that kind of do the same thing, right? You know, both. Uh, yeah, but, but Jay Will has a different kind of passing game, which is the main reason. It's yeah. not the charges. It's not the three-point shooting. It's it's just the passing game. I mean, Jerry will never have eight assists in a game, in a meaningful game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so to me, it's different. And, and yeah, so you, you need already to, to have a roster spot for the first one pick. Um, so you have to... to basically cut two and i think that sharich and jerry are the most probable ones i think i agree with that and i would like to bring mike back i think mike is really good for the locker room not that they have any one that's bad for the locker room and they like just need him but just the shooting just like the knockdown shooting i'm not certain this is going to happen i think it's possible but it's probably more likely they just stick with jeremiah and just give him another shot at it than than it is that they give, you know, give that spot to Mike. But who knows? Who knows? I think he'll be available. Um, yeah. Let's see. At Austin Woolish, what do you all, why don't you guys like Jed Howard is basically his question. He seems to fit the Thunder Mold three-point shooter, great passer, length for position kind of guy. Um, great passer, would not be one of my descriptors for Jed Howard. Yeah, I mean, um, of course, we already we already discussed him on our Thunder After Dark, well, Thunder Wrath show on the OKC Dream Team. Yeah, um, it was a while ago, so maybe he, maybe we missed the passing part. Uh, the Jed Howard I remember is a guy that had that plays with normal energy not high energy mm-hmm. um not a very good defender um definitely a shooter but a guy that will pass if he doesn't know what to do with the ball yeah it's not like a pass because i see that 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 pass is is going to make our offense better mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of what you need um if you want him to be functional in um in an offense like the one that mark Dickmold is implementing mm-hmm yeah, uh, I'm. I don't love his feel for the game. the The defense is non-existent at times. Yeah, like Mark would be. He would betray manned a lot. He would be the the broccoli comments would be coming up a lot with him. Yeah, and you know we the Thunder did take Trey Man. They did that, but they took him in the late teens. They didn't take him at twelve. And so twelve is high. I'm skeptical. Is- I'm skeptical about Jet Howard at that point. If they had the seventeenth pick and Jet was available, I'd, 
I would feel a lot different. Five spots is a is a long drop in the NBA draft. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. Ima- imagine the difference between a guy like Tyrese and then Jada. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big gap. And sometimes yeah. sometimes guys outperform where they were and who they were. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But and Jet's really young. You know, he's he's actually not that young for a freshman, but he's just a, he's a young player. He's got a ways to go. I mean, if everything works out, like he's a very Tobias Harrisy type of guy. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, yeah, Tobias. Tobias is um is a good comp. Um, yeah, which is not a terrible comp. I mean, he's not a terrible like Tobias is a he's a good, really good player, really really good player that can help you quite a bit. But could Tobias necessarily be? Would Tobias be the kind of guy that you would want on this Thunder team? No. No, 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 no. No. You know, not enough of a contributor on defense. Not somebody who's incredibly productive in ways that are helpful to you on offense. Um, he's not elite at anything. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to to not think Jet Howard is the guy for this team. Yeah. And here's the thing, like I could be totally wrong. <laughs> like I could be completely off base. Uh, I have been before, but I'm just telling you from my feel for for this. There, it's just not. This is just not it. This is just not it. So, no offense to Jet Howard, but I like his teammate uh, Buffkin a lot more. Kobe Buffkin. I'm way more of a Buffkin guy. In fact, I got to turn this on real quick. I'm a Buffkin believer. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely where I'm at as far as those guys go. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, let's say, this is from at OKC Thunder Baby. Let's say Presty quits today to go live in the mountains or something. The person they bring in is the least competent but realistic GM in the history of the league. I think pre-2022 Kings or any era Wizards. What do you? What do they do with this Thunder roster this offseason? Oh boy, that would be so terrifying. Because, yeah. Like, what Presti's trying to do right now is like is pretty unconventional when it comes to what the NBA is. You know, we see teams do this to kind of stuff all the time. Like Cleveland is a good example, and things went well for Cleveland this year until they got to the playoffs. But a normal team, when they sniff any amount of success, it's like, all right, time to go. They hit the gas. You know, they trade for Donovan Mitchell. They were looking for an upgrade somewhere, even though they have all these other needs that need taken care of. The primary need is that their young guys need experience. Um, that's that's like the number one thing, <laughs> is that these young guys and Evan Mobley and Darius Garland need to get to a certain point in their development for them to be ready to win. And they're not there yet, and Donovan is. And so it creates like this tension where they won a mm-hmm. lot of games. And that was great. But then when they get to the playoffs, those needs are covered back up or those needs like poke back up again like hey still need this experience and they haven't had it yet and the only way to get it is by doing it and so anyways i think that a the worst gm in the league david Kahn, would take all these picks and they would trade for somebody to help push along 
the uh, the rebuild is yeah, what but my guess would be. I was thinking about the name, like John Collins. Yeah, you could flip three, Bridges. three picks for John Collins. Uh, I just don't know that Bridges is actually gettable. I know people like to talk about him, but like, did the Nets really want to trade him? That depends. I don't, I don't think the Nets really want to be good. I mean, you could give them six picks for Bridges, and they'd probably say, oh, gosh, okay, let's go. You know, Maybe David Kahn would do that. but And it would yeah, make the Thunder better. It would make like... the Thunder better next year. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would be actually very good. Um, but for how long and to the expense of whom in terms of shooting and like shots and, and possessions? Um, you can you can go crazy and, and probably make an offer for someone in Philly if everything goes wrong. Um, you can go even crazier and try to, I don't know, um, talk with the with the Mavs, or I don't know, there are plenty of things. You, you can you can trade for Kyrie, <laughs> like if you really want to. Sign and trade for really Kyrie Irving. Let's go. Yeah, is yeah. he expired? Expiring? Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe so. Expiring, yeah. Um, so that there are many things, um, but the, the worst thing is probably trying trying to trade for a guy that needs touches um, and with questionable work ethics. That yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Or or you give Draymond Green the max. That that is possibly better than 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 getting Kyrie. Oh, possibly. It's definitely better than trading for Kyrie. Yeah, but that max is going to be good for one and a half years. Mm -hmm. Maybe Kyrie get gives you two and a half. Yeah. Like Draymond Draymond, I think I don't know how, how long he will play. I mean, he yeah. he looks amazing in uh, in the playoffs. He still does, um, but less and less. I mean, um, so who knows? That contract at, at the end of it is going to be insanely brutal for whoever signs it. Warriors probably. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, I think that they will. It, it's clear that they uh, that the guy who well, this is a very bad things. Uh, that, that the GM can do just trade for Jordan Poole for Poole that is going yeah. to be bad yeah somebody I mean someone will bite on Jordan Poole maybe the Wizards would bite on Jordan Poole yeah maybe somebody's, the Mavs somebody's gonna yeah the Mavs Mavs are desperate yeah yeah well they, he, he could be okay for the Mavs but just it's just a try something yeah Gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to need, if they're going to sign Draymond to a big deal, Poole is going to need to be traded to somebody. But that's their problem, not our problem. But yeah, I, I think the, the thing is that the, the Thunder have provided themselves with so many paths and so much flexibility that I think a person with, um, without the fortitude and the, uh, the gumption of Sam Presti are just more likely to be like, all right. Let's, let's I, I have to play with these these toys. Like let's go. Like let's let's make some phone calls. Let's make this team better now. Like yeah. I, I, I see an opportunity in the Western Conference. Let's, let's jump let's in right st- now. Still do yeah, let's at least do something. Like let's trade two picks. We have too many. Yeah, yeah, we have too many picks. They're gonna I mean, and I don't know what players would be available um mm. via trade. Um 
I mean, you could surely call the Bulls and make a deal with any of those guys. Oh, that is gross. Like, Dude, that's what a bad GM would do. It'd be like, hey, Zach Levine's contract? Let's go. Dort, yeah. Dort and Picks, and we'll slide the rest into that cap space. We'll become a cap space team. That would be very yeah, gross. That would be bad. Yeah, I, I like even I can say that that is bad. <laughs> uh, at who is just in case over under one and a half teams jumping into the top four on lottery night? I don't know. How to and one and a half, I would say under. Yeah, probably under. I think it's probably one. Uh, in fact, you want to let's let's take a little spin and see see what happens. Um, here. Do I need to concentrate? Yes, please do. Do I need to make a prediction? Yes. Um, the Charlotte Hornets will get to the number two. Okay, here we go. Nope. Oh, that's first bad. time you've been wrong. Okay, they fell to six. The Thunder stayed at twelve. Detroit got the first pick. Portland jumped to second. Houston fell to third. Washington jumped up. Yeah. So there's the one right there. And it messes everybody else up. San Antonio went through this horrific year where they won 22 games and they get the fifth pick. They feel very similar to the Thunder Giddy draft. Yeah. Uh, Which turned out to be, are you convinced that, that in five years, Josh Giddy is still um, outside of the top two top three players in that draft outside of it mm-hmm. i think he is yeah he's a, i mean this is a, he's a real player man like he's i mean let's let's go take a look at that draft um because i do think he is pretty right there fundamentally i mean who do who are you taking over josh giddy today mobley uh, I, I was I want to, to, to ask you about Mobley. Um to me today is yes for sure. Yeah. But, but Mobley is also an example of guys that I mean in, in Presti used words about like the fact that the team allowed for J Dub to to get a role. And I wonder if Mobley didn't have the full spectrum of that. Um because I mean, he can't really grow into a more prominent offensive role with how the Cavs is currently constructed. That's, that's part of that's part of the problem with trading for Donovan Mitchell when you have Darius Garland. If it was just like part of you probably wishes there's an alternate timeline that exists where Garland and Mobley just grow together as like the two like here's like the force. Mm-hmm. of the Cavs and they honestly they end up in the same spot that they were this year where they lose in the playoffs in five games and you also don't have that pit in the middle of your stomach thinking oh my gosh a lot of people picked us to win this is we should have been better you know if you don't trade for Mitchell you one you have all your picks to use later and then two I think that you feel like oh my gosh we're on the up and up you know like the Thunder losing the yeah. play-in everybody's like oh we're on the up and up if the Thunder traded all their stuff to get players and they still lost in the play and we'd be like, what a disastrous outcome for the thunder, you know? And it's all just because of what you do with the roster. And so 
I would definitely take Mobley over Giddy, but yeah, there's there is something to the fact that players need the room to grow, you know. Yeah. And Presti talked about that in his in his uh two hour long uh, session the other day, where he said the team allowed room for J Dub to grow. You know, the team made room for him. And that's yeah. and that is something that is so necessary with regards to growth of players that we don't really talk about or consider as much is like does is the team gonna have the room for growth that's what i worry a little bit about jang it's like is there gonna be room for this guy to grow into like a bigger role you know if we pick somebody who's really good in this draft maybe the answer is no you know yeah and he really wasted three picks Uh, and this is why also the muscala thing probably will not happen yeah. um, because you, you may want to see Jang and Pokushevsky playing the four spot a lot and they will not start yeah. um, unless something no. crazy happens no. where they have the summer of their lives and they are much better than Ludort, which mm-hmm. is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. See, getting positive on Ludort here. Good getting job. Very warm. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the... Anything can happen at six. Uh, you can get the best guy in the draft at six. This draft, probably not, but you can get this, the second best, the third best. That can still happen. But yeah. it's, but um, this question, or this, this talk, talk was, was originated by the fact that the Spurs went to six. And I mean, I couldn't help myself with wondering, hey, Josh Kitty might be number one or number two in two years in this draft. Yeah, he... he... I, he may. I mean, he was that this year. Yeah, he was probably number two this year. I mean, yeah. I mean, who who would you take over? What season would you take over this one? Yeah, probably Mobley. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe probably, Mobley. I mean, that's probably it, right? Yeah, yeah. And Which is insane. Part of that. Part of that is because Cade got hurt. I mean, we're not sure. talking about Franz though. Yeah, he's up there. I wonder. Um, last year, I think that I I would have switched the two, um, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, this year, you, you can really see what Giddy can do when he's at his best. And I think that what he can do at his best is better than what Franz can do at his best. Yeah. The thing about... Is way, uh, yeah, keep going, keep going. No, it's way easier to, to plug in a guy like Franz in OPC's roster. He would yeah. be probably perfect. To, to play with Shay, with J Dub. But the upside that Giddy can give you is much different. Um so it's it's just uh that is why I'm so keen on um like having guys that fit around Shay Giddy and um and Chet mm-hmm. because that is going to be important. And and yeah if you sacrifice a little bit of upside in order for those players to shine, I'm all I'm all in for that. I know yeah. that this is not probably the best way to approach this but to me is at least a question like mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah giddy is such a good rebounder i think that's probably one of like the underrated things about him is that i mean he grabs like double the amount of boards that franz does mm-hmm. you know and that's that's a that's a big deal for especially yeah. for this thunder team that wants to play small that want to play fast, that want to play this rhythm type of basketball, it's such a big deal. I would not trade Giddy for Franz Wagner today. Wouldn't even flinch, wouldn't even think about it. Because, yeah. and 
I talked about this on the Dream Team show on Friday, but I think Giddy is probably the player that gets the Thunder into the kind of offense they want to run the most. Like he's the yeah. player that does it. He's the one that turns the key and this thing gets going. Like he is he is the one. And to average six, 16, 8, and 6 whenever you're 20 years old and 19 for most yeah. of it is insane. It's insane. And and playing mostly winning basketball, by the way. Yeah. Not on a bad team or anything. Well, Franz is the type of guy where I would... It's not the time because Orlando is on a upward trajectory and yeah. they would never, never, ever trade him. Um, but had their season going gone south where say oh this is not going well um this is a guy that i think will fit perfectly um mm -hmm. there's not a guy like that in this draft mm -hmm. and but franz would have been perfect um a perfect draft target for casino in this draft like a guy that can play yes two three four depending on what you need so you have three extremely versatile wings in giddy um in terms of size giddy franz and, and jdub yeah, this could be the blueprint of a great team. Yes. I'm not sure that OKC can find this player in this draft. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that that player is going to be there around 12. There's not that kind of forward mm. around 12 in this draft. But yeah, I I think Giddy's growth, I think, is going to continue to go upward just because of the kind of player that he is. And I I just think that he can be a higher level of player than Franz is. Franz is a little bit better shooter, but like it's not like Franz is some elite shooter, you know. No. So I would definitely go Giddy over Franz. And James Anderson in the chat said Franz is a better defender, that he had a better true shooting. Um, those things are true, but when we're talking about playing the kind of basketball that the Thunder want to play, I think Giddy is just a much better fit for that. And we saw, and we also see the level of competition that he can play to is pretty, is really a really high level. We saw what he did in, in that play in game in that first play in game. And it was kind of eye opening and he didn't play that way in the second one, but he's 20 years old. He's supposed to be inconsistent. Like that's how 20 year olds yeah. play. But the fact that he has that kind of ceiling was pretty eye opening. And so I think that he does, I mean, if, if you were to redraft, I think that Giddy probably goes in the top four for sure. And I don't think that that's really that hot of a take. No. No. So, uh, okay. Next question. Let's see. At Trust the Void, do you think the Thunder have enough off-ball movement and cutting? Seems like we have great pass passers on the team, but a not a lot of movement to take advantage of that skill. I agree. I definitely agree. I couldn't agree more. We need to get more movement off ball, less players that need the ball in their hands to be effective and overall implementing more screens, more off ball stuff in order to ignite um, whatever the other ball handler can do. And this is also a way to have Giddy at his best. Like, if he sees everything, he understands the position of a player way before he's in that position. Mm -hmm. So getting a guy um, either by a trade or in this draft 
that can add movement to me is a win. Is Jordan Hawkins that guy? He can be. Could be. Uh, he's not the only one. Um, but but sure, getting yeah. more off ball movement is important. And you can learn. You can you can teach guys to move around. I think that this is a problem of OKC. They are getting better. I mean, if you look at the season before, I mean, it's 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 already way better. But I think that having shooters that can move around is very important. OKC doesn't have many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's part of why Wiggins has been so good for the Thunder. Yeah, is because he is a really smart cutter. That's why Ken Rich has been so helpful to this team whenever he's playing with the starters is because he does know how and when to move offensively you know this this team is not going to necessarily thrive with some standstill corner three-point shooter you know you want Mm -hmm. somebody that can actually attract the defense a little bit and so they have some guys on the team that can help with that but not to an elite level and so i think every team wants like a off ball big shooter you know that can move around and you know drag the defense around with your ball handler you know kind of orchestrating everything like yeah they want that i think everybody wants that those guys are really hard to find those guys are they're not everywhere not every team has one so no and there are guys who can function as an off ball guy as much as they are on ball there are mm-hmm. stars built like that there's a star who just scored 50 points in a great game um that whenever kd was on the court or whenever they had uh Igudala or guys that were not good threats in terms of shooting like steph curry was moving around like crazy yeah um in a game where the defense plays you really tight he he gets into hey i'm also a very good um at the ring guy yeah. and just destroyed destroys the defense so drafting a guy who has the ability to do both is important that is why i think that jordan hawkins is not a perfect prospect uh because he doesn't have that ability he's actually a terrible finisher so yeah. if you can get from jdub movement um like if he learns how to be more of a threat when he moves around that is a win. Um, I'm not saying that they have to to get it via trade, but they have to implement more stuff where you can generate open tree off cuts or movement there, stuff like that. Chat will help. Chat mm-hmm. is able to move around, screen, relocate, and just nail jumper. Yeah, Chet, Chet can be transformative to this offense. Yeah. I mean, he could really change everything about the way that we think about this Thunder offense and the way we think about the defense too i mean i think he will change a lot i mean he's picked number two in a good draft yeah so i also would just hold like a a lot of like opinions that we have about this team are going to change significantly next year about opinions that we have on every player are going to change as a result of it you know that's that's the way that it goes when you insert a player that has the uh, the gravity and skill set of Chet is like oh, like Chet's supposed to be the number two guy on this team next to Shea, if not the number one guy on this team next oh, to okay. Shea. No, because we were saying like, <laughs> like <laughs> we need to draft the best player for this team. 
Yeah, and he still could be that. He still definitely could be that. And so that guy is going to change the way that we think about Giddy and everybody else. I think that he will help Giddy tremendously next year. Not that Giddy needs a ton of help, but he will help him a lot. He's going to give him a yeah. huge target to hit. And he's going to help J-Dub. He's going to help. I mean, can you imagine SGA with a pick-and-roll partner like Chet, a guy that can not only shoot from the outside but finish around the rim? That's what they need. So just we've we've got to hold back a lot of our, like, strong opinions about this team until we can see it. Um, and that's – I mean, that's exactly what Sam was saying the other day was, you know – we're in observation mode. We'll see what things look like. We're going back to square one at the beginning of next year. I mean, he said all those things. And it's not for no reason. It's because they're about to to change a lot of things because of Chet Holmgren. And they selected him. They had him targeted from the very beginning as their guy. Yeah. And that's that should change a lot of things for you uh, in a very good way. And so... You know, we have a lot of feelings about physicality and about shooting and everything. And they're still going to have needs. You know, after this, after next year is over, I think we'll more clearly understand what the needs are and what they can be. But until then, I think that you you don't want to make big moves. Um, let's see. At JGG512, uh, there seems to be some similarities between Buffkin and Mann in terms of their shiftiness, step-back ability, etc. Besides the obvious difference of defense, can you explain where Buffkin would be superior in terms of skill and fit? Hmm. Superior is hard to say. Um, I mean, I'm... I'm a believer on Bufkin, uh, but Trey Mann had moments where you could see him being very successful and just yeah. didn't have continuity. So talent-wise, I'm not sure that Bufkin is that better um, compared to Trey Mann. I think that he's a better creator for others. Um, he yes. is more adept to that. Um, I think he's less of a shooter, especially from pull-up. Um, he can he can be as good as a spot-up shooter. Trey Mann is a great shooter i don't know why he he had this season but i mean uh, he definitely knows how to, to to take shots and to make them um so i'm not ready to say that uh, buffkin is a better player i think where it differs is defense yes uh, ability to to create um and i think that he has a little bit of a better attitude at the rim he's a little bit more efficient there, whereas Trey Man really struggled uh, due to size and strength. Um, size is similar, but strength is a bit different. I think that Buffington is a bit more strong. Uh, I don't know if you feel that way as well. Yeah, he just hand- handles physicality a lot better than Trey mm-hmm. ever did. Um, and the passing stuff. like Those two things are probably the biggest differences between the two. Um, their mental makeup is quite different from what I've seen in Bufkin's interviews. Um, those are the things that I see that are different between those two, but they're similar. I mean, the, the idea would be the same where yeah, it's like get a spark off the bench, a score off the bench that could close games if you need him to, you know, that's the same idea with Trey, 
you know, so essentially, if you decided that Buffkin was your guy, you'd be you'd be almost punting the Trey Man project. Yeah, you know, because I don't which think can you, happen. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't. I just don't think that you can play have Buffkin and Man and necessarily play them together. I, I just don't. I don't know. Long term, you don't. Maybe you could next year, but. Long term, I don't yeah. see it as like a, a solution. So, yeah, that would be that would be part of that move. Um, at OKC Skittles, does seeing Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen struggle along with Kevon Looney's dominance on the boards during the playoffs give you any concerns with only having Chet as the sole big man over an entire postseason? If not, how can they overcome that limitation? Um. I had uh, an interaction uh, with Sportfan405 um, today on Twitter about that. I don't think that you, we have to worry about this. Um, yes, Kevon Looney played a very good game two nights ago. He he was a monster on the boards. Um, but Kevon Looney was on the floor quite a lot with Raymond Green. This is something that a team that spaces the floor in a certain way may not allow like if you have a guy like chet homeburn um and guys uh that can shoot the basketball it's really hard to play two big men um you can you can try uh but if the shooters are good enough then the effectiveness of those big men starts to be a little bit um in like it's it's at least a question and and it's also about physicality like yes um Looney is a strong dude, but there was a game against Embiid, who I can say is much stronger uh, than Looney, where OKC was able to play without a center for the entire game, and and they won. Now, a game doesn't mean anything. Um, a game where, where Looney just overpowers Sabonis, to me, is more about Sabonis than about Looney. Mm -hmm. So I'm not concerned. I just want to see how Chet plays, uh, how he's able to to box out he doesn't have to take rebounds he just has to box out and like key can take rebounds uh, other guys can take rebounds yeah so i don't think that we have to worry about this today yeah uh, capella will be gettable in a year and a half if you really want a big man for cheap wait two years when you are ready to compete a guy like noel you can get him those guys are those guys are Always, I mean, think about Jared Allen. They got him for just a pick. You know, you can find these guys. They're not expensive because they're not the most sought-after commodity. And also, we don't know what the NBA will look like when this team is ready to compete. Like, Steph Curry and those guys, like, Steph is 35. When the Thunder are really ready to compete, he's probably going to be, like, 38. Like, is Steph really yeah. still going to be doing this? Like, I don't know. Like, is he still going to be good? Maybe. <laughs> but Draymond and Clay won't be. Yeah. And, like, that's what makes that team so good is, like, their chemistry and they're just, they just know how to play together. I mean, they were going to close, they were going to, I mean, they played 23 minutes together yesterday. That's a ton. You know, starters yeah. never play that much together in the NBA. Never, ever. And they threw them out there because they knew that they could do that. They're not doing that in three years. This team is not yeah. going to be together in three years. So we, we don't know what we're competing against. We can't solve the problems of today for the Thunder roster without knowing what the problems of tomorrow are going to be. If you solve the problems of today, you might 
you might be like the Thunder. I think the Thunder had to solve the problems of today back when they did because the team was ready to win. But the problem was, once they had solved the problems of today by getting Kendrick Perkins, oh crap, out of problems. the problems of, of tomorrow, we're not ready to solve those. Yeah. We and should also, have never traded I mean, for Kendrick. If, if you were, I mean, if they would have just held tight and maybe if the, the rebuild would have gone a little bit slower, they would have never traded for Kendrick Perkins. Because if they weren't good right when they were, and maybe they still kind of struggled to get their bearings about them before becoming a 50-win team, maybe the Warriors would have gotten here and be like, oh, that's the team that we need to go compete against. And maybe it doesn't mean you keep Jeff Green, but maybe that means that we go deal for another forward instead and make Ibaka our center. Yeah, yeah and if your problem is physicality, um, let me state this, and I, I'm quite confident in what I'm about to say. If you want to solve physicality from the out, outside of the team, then you're doing this very wrongly. Yeah. You, you need to have five out of five players playing with huge physicality. Steph Curry learned how to be physical before he won the first championship. Mm -hmm. He was terrible defensively. And then he started to bulk up to be a little bit more physical to be not the worst defender on the floor. And this is how Golden State was able to keep him, Clay, uh, Draymond, and at times guys like, um, who was that guy, the center, uh, who killed the Thunder in a game? Why, why slips my... In what year? It was just, uh, I think it was 2016, 2015. I have it on my... Um, well, anyway, it will come. Uh, but anyway, uh, they 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 could play very offense-driven lineups because everyone was really physical. So I first need to see that from Giddy, from Shea, from mm -hmm. everyone. Spates, Gudioni, yeah, that that was him. Or he's Spates. Um, I mean, I need to see that first, and then if that physicality is not enough then I might add something. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, we have a long way to go before we're trying to solve those problems. A long, long way to go. And don't I just wouldn't be trying to solve the problems of today, right now, because what if, the, what if like, J-Dub takes a leap that we think he will, and Giddy takes another leap, and Shea is this all NBA player like he is now, and then Chet comes in and he's an all NBA player. You could change the NBA. Like the Thunder, yeah. I, I wouldn't predict this. I just think this is like definitely like a 1% outcome. So I'm not saying I would predict it, but I also wouldn't limit myself right now because what if those, what if this team is the one that changes everything? Because they mm -hmm. have all these ball handlers, they have all these guys that can create. And teams can't keep up with them. And you can't have non-skilled players and non-quick players out on the Thunder. You know, doesn't matter how physical you are. This team is faster than you. They're smarter than you. They can all create. What if they're the ones that change the league? You don't want to pay a big man $20 million or $15 million that's just big and physical if you know, I just wouldn't do that. I just wouldn't do that at all. 
So I, I think that yeah. the Thunder have an opportunity to kind of see this through and see where where it goes. There may they may hit a crossroads where it's like, yeah, we're not good enough. You could be on the other end of the spectrum where it's not that they change the league, but it's like, man, we're not good enough. We need to use these assets to go get players that can help us be good enough. So be it. But they're not there yet. No. Uh, I am at Kev Kev Bot is asking a terrible question. This is this is not this is not good, Kevin. Uh, he asked about Ben Simmons. He's got two years left on his deal. Oh, I saw that. Might be the worst contract in the NBA. He's also the exact type of guy who could thrive in our current offense. He's not, though. He's not a guy that could thrive in any offense ever. Okay? Um, it would take blank amount of first-round picks, assets uh, for the Thunder to trade for him this summer. Um, Four? Fifty? For the Nets. To... to, to to offload the contract four I'm, try six i'm not taking i'm not no 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 you gotta give me all your stuff no i i don't think that he fits um i mean <sighs> first of all the personality I'm really sad for ben simmons though the personality yeah no way no way no no way not happening never ever Never, ever, never, never, ever, ever, never, ever, never, never, ever. I love ever. that show, by the way. Cracks never. me up every single time. Never would they. Never. Not even once. Yeah. No. Um, do you remember that I vaguely suggest uh, what is the value of Shea versus Simmons? Like, would you accept Shea for Simmons and for picks? Yeah, and kind of. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I said no. I feel good yeah. about saying no. Yeah. I don't think that that, that, I mean, there is not a number of picks that you could actually put on the table to make this work. Mm -hmm. No, it's just no. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want no shooter. So adding Ben Simmons is actually a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. You got that right. Uh, let's see. If we jump up to four, do you think we would try to trade back to get in the range with all the forwards? No, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, first of all, I would be extremely curious to see if Presti drafts one of the Thompson brothers. I, I'm, I would really really curious i mean i'm in thompson is probably is probably i'm in thompson is probably there at four it's probably wimby yeah. scoot brandon miller going top three and so yeah you have the opportunity to take this six seven hyper athletic good passer good rebounder terrible shooter terrible like scary bad shooter yeah but a transition nightmare for other teams yeah i have a i mean that is one where you are you are going to set your development back like a tad hmm, with depends. the teams heavily depends i just Does think i thompson is going to be is is when he gets to the league he would have to be a big part of what you're doing oh he you you need to start him you just need to bench that's what i'm saying that's what I'm saying. Like he has to be a big part of what you're doing, and I just think it's going to take a minute. I think it's going to take a minute 
for it to for it to work for him. And that's okay. I'm not saying that it would it'll never work with him. It's just going to take some time. But boy, one it, one it really complicates the shooting stuff. Even he's more way more complicates your shooting stuff than Dort does. Oh yeah, um, he's just a no, y- y- you can't you can't allow him to take shots. I know. For the first 65 games. He just he just play him as a center on offense. Uh, and yeah. just need to do other stuff. Yeah. I would be curious. Uh, it would not be probably great to watch at times. Um, mm-hmm. But for that guy, see, he can be a guy who transforms whatever you do, you do due to his physicality, his um, athleticism and, and stuff like that. So, can you imagine having Shea, uh, Thompson, Giddy, J Dub, and Chet, where nobody's shorter than six six? That is that is your small ball. Oh, you yeah. have three guys that are six eight. Um, oh yeah, just I don't know. I would be curious. I would I would stay at four and try. I would welcome it. I would welcome the the chaos that would ensue. the The talent level is really high. And also, I've heard the character is really good with both those guys, too. Yeah. And he's 20. He's not crazy young. You know, he's Giddy's age, which is really crazy to think about. But, yeah, yeah. I think you stay there. I, I would not. I mean, Jairus might end up being a better pro just because maybe the shooting never comes around. But you at least have to swing. Do you trust Jairus Walker's shot? That much? No, no, no. I mean, you have yeah, this group of like Jarris, Anthony Black, Amen Thompson. Like, whose shot do you trust the most out of those three? I hate you. I know <laughs> you. You put me in a corner. I know. I'm not sure that I trust Jarris Walker's shot better than Amen Thompson. I mean, the percentage are the same. The it looks better, um, but but is unreliable. Mm-hmm. they're <laughs> all this, unreliable the shooters yeah they're un- all unreliable shooters but they I think that the most reliable is your guy let's go let's go talk to me talk to me um, I mean of course uh, if 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 what what you want is meat and they present you with um, I don't know uh, a, 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 a strawberry an apple and then a fake burger you say okay fake burger is close to meat but it's not meat it's like a Salisbury steak you ever What's had a that? Salisbury steak? It's basically just no. ground meat presented as a steak with gravy on it. <laughs> no, I never had that. Yeah, good. Don't do it. Um, also, I would, I would, I would. If I was at four, I would take Anthony Black. That's what I would do. Really? Yeah. At four. Mm-hmm. That's what wow. I would do. Wow. The dude is like okay. such a such a rhythmic player. He's got great length. I would do it. That's the pro. That's one of the problems, though, with this draft is that that like after three, the players are so flawed. Like they have they mm-hmm. have really really big holes in their games. You know, like it is it is really tough. And so it's like pick your poison from four on. Yeah. It's like so. What do you want? You want somebody who's hyper athletic that can create but can't shoot at all. I'm in Thompson. You want a really, really smart player that's like a six-seven point guard that can defend like crazy, but has a really slow shot release. 
Anthony Black. You want the big, beefy four that can do a little bit of everything, but is not a great shooter either. And I don't, I just don't love, I just don't like watching him play. Like, I just don't like watching him play. And that's no offense to Jarris Walker, but I just do not like watching him play. But he, but he's, he's there too. Grady Dick, like, doesn't provide a lot defensively or in any other areas, but the dude looks like he can be a lights out shooter. Cam Whitmore never even no, thought, never no, even no, thought no. to pass one time in his whole life. You know, like he's going to be there too. I mean, there's just everybody is so flawed. And it's who can get to the, you have to try to predict the impossible here. It's who can get to the pro level and whatever their weakness is, they can improve it enough. Who can improve their weakness enough for it to not yeah. matter? Like, can Amin Thompson improve his shooting enough to where it doesn't matter? Can Jairus Walker improve his shooting enough to where it doesn't matter? Same with Anthony Black, all three of those guys. Which one are you betting on to do that? Because I think the one that is able to do it is going to thrive, and they're going to be like, oh, man, this is clearly the fourth best guy in the draft. I think it's going to be between those guys. I think those, yeah. are gonna, those to me, are the most skilled players there. And I just think that's 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 how this is gonna ha- that's what's gonna happen with those guys is which one of these guys can actually figure out their shot and whoever does they're gonna look like the steal of the draft because boy can those uh, those guys do a lot of other things, um, but do I know which one it's gonna be? I have no idea. Um, I have no clue. No, um, answering a question uh, in the chat. Um, by our friend, uh, James Anderson, he says that Anthony Black is a 30% three-point shooter and Jaros is a 35% three-point shooter. Um, FYI, Jared Culver was a 35% college shooter. Um, <laughs> never above uh, <clears throat> 70% in uh, free throws. Uh, and that is what you get. That you is what you might get. That is why we are so low on Jaros Walker's shot, because yeah. he shot in the 60s. And that is a terrible, terrible, terrible it's scary um, tell uh, now yeah. i don't trust anthony black all that much is worse from three 70 um, percent from the free throw line free yeah 70 percent from the free throw line which is yeah. fine yeah. it's bad it's, it's bad it's fine it's, it's a bit better but bad it's not 60 percent. 60 percent is bad yeah yeah yes andrew that's where your guy is a bit better. Yes, thank you. To keep telling me you it's have music that. to my ears. Music to my ears. No. That's I mean, you're gonna have to be okay with some kind of flaw with all mm-hmm. of these guys. And then again, like I said, predict which one is gonna be the least flawed. <laughs> good and good luck. Good luck with that. Cause I don't know. I don't know who it's gonna be. This is why I also would not Kind of like in last year's draft, I would not totally advocate for trading up in this draft because I'm not sure who is totally worth it to trade up for. And I felt a lot the same last year where I was like, is there really somebody that's just so worth it to trade up for? It was really costly last year. Three picks to get to 11. Three picks to get to 11. Yeah. Yeah. And was it worth it? We'll find out. We'll, we'll find, find out. But I don't know. We'll see. Somebody at 12 could be just as good. <laughs> could be just yeah, as or good. Or better. Or better than all these guys. And so I... It depends on what you like. Like, 
if somehow um, they decide that uh, Grady Dick was misused in college and um, there is an, another creator uh, that has to blossom in him, then maybe uh, you, you trade up. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that to be true, by the way. Um, it doesn't look like a guy who creates. Um, but but these are the things where you have assets. If you see that a guy like Grady Dick is the guy for you, then then this is maybe a draft where it's a little bit easier to trade up. Because last year it was not so easy. It was yeah. uh, top seven guys. Uh, then... Then maybe between eight and 13, 14, you had this guys, this bunch of guys where they were flawed. There was nobody perfect. So hand, no shot. Um, like there was um, Griffin, only shot, big man. Um, so m- m- trading in that area was possible. Maybe trading outside of the top four this year is possible. Yeah, and you can you can you can be sure that if OKC jumps, it's because they saw something that is, it's something that they can't pass on, mm-hmm. which which is which last year was J Dub and to a certain degree Jank. Now one is definitely a hit. The other one we'll see. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. looks like a hit, uh, a hit. He's a hit. You can call it. He's a hit. Um, we'll see. I the good thing is the Thunder don't have to hit on this pick in order for everything to work out for them. But boy, would no. it be nice! Boy, would it be nice! And I'm I'm so intrigued. You know, the uh, the draft lottery is like two weeks away, and then we'll know for sure where they're picking, and we can go into more detail about what's going to happen. We'll know where everybody else is. It's an extremely important draft lottery, not necessarily for the Thunder, but for the NBA as a whole. It's really big because somebody's going to go home extremely disappointed. I mean, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, Charlotte, Portland all had really, really bad years. You know, Portland less so, but Portland compared to their expectations, yeah, it was terrible. Um, But, you know, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, Charlotte, one of those teams is likely to fall out. And somebody is going to jump up. It's happened every single year of these new flattened lottery odds is that somebody outside of the top seven, six, seven-ish has jumped up every single year. And what that does is it leaves somebody extremely disappointed. It was the Thunder a few years ago. They were extremely disappointed. And so some that's going to happen to somebody. It's going to shape the way that they think about their franchise. And, you know, luckily for the Thunder, they've got the pieces in place and if they got great luck amazing if they don't it's not really going to change the trajectory this next draft is going the trajectory is going to be changed for somebody you know yeah i mean detroit fell two spots last year you know they still got Jaden ivy so it worked out just fine but because the top five was really strong you know i'm not i don't feel quite as certain about this next top five um, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see. So uh, thanks so much for all the questions. We didn't get to everybody's question, but we appreciate it. Maybe I'll, if I have some time, I'll go through and answer them on Twitter, the ones we didn't get to. Um, but I hope you guys have an awesome day, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.